great. Well, um, what I wanted to start out the class with is the, your 30-second commercials, and the, your, your homework was to practice your 30-second commercial 15 times. So I want to give everybody a chance to just sort of go around the room and give us your 30-second commercial, hopefully without reading it, because if you've practiced it 15 times, it should be able to roll right off your tongue and the top of your mind. So you might want to take a minute now to review it and make sure it can roll off the tip of your tongue. And um, and then what we'll do is we'll move from there and talk about the, the sales process and get into targeting and, and looking at how you do some strategic targeting to figure out who your clients are and where they are and how to get at them. But while we do the 30-second commercial, I was hoping this would be an opportunity for you guys to coach each other as well as, um, as Jeremy and I coach you so that we can start to really create a community here of supporting each other in our growth. Does that sound good to everybody? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So who wants to go first with your commercial? This is Lou. Um, Great, Lou. Let me just try. Um, hi, I'm a psychologist and organizational development, development specialist, and I help uh, corporate executives uh, repeatedly achieve objectives for advancement and get on back on track and take constructive action for uh, many of the changes that are occurring within the um, uh, the corporate environment. Okay, so repeatedly achieve what? Re repeatedly achieve objectives for objectives for, for advancement. For I advancement. What does that mean? Uh, repeatedly achieve uh, so that they can get promoted. Oh, get promoted. Get promoted. Okay. Um, so my first my first coaching reaction would be yes. Get promoted resonates much more quickly than repeatedly achieve objectives for advancement. Okay. Okay. Just to simplify it, I mean, I, I think that part of what happens with a 30-second commercial is that people don't have the value of looking at the words yes. in front of them to yes. really let them sink in. And, the, and when we read and we absorb words visually, we can target their meaning in different ways. But when we're listening to someone talk, especially if it's face-to-face -face and you're meeting someone for the first time and you're giving them your 30-second commercial, yeah. they're going to be looking at a lot of other things. So you want your words to be very simple. So right. They get the concept quickly while they're busy trying to memorize your face or noticing things about your, your uh, nonverbal communications, etc. Um, so particularly with that first phrase, I think that's where I started to get lost. Okay. Because there were, and then you had a couple of phrases after that about what you getting called Getting back on track. Thing. Okay, getting back on track, which... Right. Okay. Uh, and, uh, or taking constructive action. Um, well, let's, let's get some feedback from other folks around the room. Anyone else have any other coaching feedback for Lou? Speak faster, Mr. Jeremy. <laughs> Speak faster? Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, it's more of like cocktail party language. Okay. You know, so if you're you're hanging out at a cocktail party and you're just telling somebody what you do, and if I was reading that on a document, I would be like, yeah, this guy really knows what he's doing. This is a great introduction. But when you're doing it orally, when you're meeting someone face-to-face, -face, there's so many other things going on that you want your concepts to be as simple and as full of imagery as possible. So you want things that people can get their brains around quickly, even while they're focusing on your face or your nonverbal. What are some words to paint pictures with, then? Well, I think when he said, he said corporate executives, and I think that paints a picture in a lot of people's mm -hmm. minds about who he's looking for mm -hmm. and who he works with. 
Um, I think that, Lou, you did a great job with your credibility, establishing your credibility up front about being a psychologist, about being a, a specialist in organizational development. I think that helping executives get promoted paints a picture in people's minds because they immediately, you know, some people might, depending on how visual the listener is, some people might picture a corporate ladder, you know, some people might picture someone that they know who's an executive who wants to get promoted. They might think of themselves if they are an executive that you're talking to and they want to get promoted. The getting back on track, taking constructive action and dealing with change, I think all of those will speak to someone differently about different things that they might be dealing with. So I think you've done a good job of covering the spectrum of what people might be coming to you to deal with. Exactly. Um, that's what I was hoping to do. Yeah, that's great. I, I think um, the, the one, I would want to tweak the phrase about getting back on track. And the reason being is that it, it may be perceived as somewhat negative, And an executive may not want to admit that he or she has gotten off track and may need help getting back on. And I like the way you said deal with corporate change because that's something that everyone can that everyone can um, connect with on some level because change is all around us and, and it is something you have to deal with. Right. Speaking of words, I, I don't know, this is just my own personal thing, is that I'm getting so tired of the word change. Is there any other word that we can use that might describe change? Well, you know what, you bring up a really good point, Diane, because there are a lot of words that have become so sedate in our language because they're so overused <laughs> that they really kind of lose meaning and they're, they turn into somewhat of buzzwords. Right. Um, I think that change by itself is still pretty safe because it has contextual meaning for people who aren't in organizations as well. Everyone knows about change. Everyone in their life at some level has to deal with change. So I think that one's still okay. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I like, Lou, how you said deal with change as opposed to... Um, coping. Coping or even change management expertise or something like that, you know, okay. that would be much more OD sounding. So keep in mind that when we spend a lot of time wordsmithing this kind of a thing, that's more of a marketing activity. And what we really want this to be is the beginning of a sales activity. So it's got to be something that powerful. that is not only powerful but natural. That's really an easy thing for you to remember and get off the top of your head the instant you meet someone. If I wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you'll be able to say it right off the bat. It's the kind of right. thing where you don't want to be locked into the words so much. So I would encourage you, Lou, to think about what are you trying to communicate here about taking constructive action? What are you, what are you trying to say? What do you want them to, to hear in that? What do you want to leave them with? Uh, I, want them to, I want them to hear that, well, basically, I really want them to hear that I can help them somehow uh, achieve what they really want to achieve and excel. Okay, so say that. Achieve what you really want to achieve. And if someone comes back to you and says, well, how do you do that? Well, I help them with decision-making and taking constructive action. That's how we do that. Mm -hmm. See, so what you've done is you've, you've skipped to the how to do it and we, it, without telling them the what you can help them do. And the what you can help them do is excel and... I'm sorry, I just lost the other thing. I did too. <laughs> what did you just say, Leon? I, I, I want them to excel at what they want to achieve. What they, achieve what they want to achieve, right. Right. So that's, I think that's far more powerful because then you can say, I'm Lou, I'm a psychologist, I'm a specialist in organizational development. I work with corporate executives to get promoted, to keep themselves on track, and to achieve what they want to achieve that and excel. Good. Yeah. And deal with change. 
Right. See, that is much more like the cocktail party language that we're talking about than trying to remember the precise words. So if you keep those concepts, those core concepts in your head, you can get them out in whatever order they come to mind in, and, and, it, and it'll just roll off the tip of your tongue. I will. I will practice. <laughs> All right. Good work. Thank you. <laughs> okay, who's next? The other thing, by the way, you know how I was able to just do lose commercial? Mm-hmm. That's another how. There are a couple ways you test the effectiveness of your commercial. One is if after hearing it maybe two or three times, someone else could give it back to you as if it was theirs. Oh, that's great. I like that. Mm. And another way to test it is if when you say it, when you're practicing it, when you say it to people that are people in your life, this, I wouldn't try this with new people, but mm-hmm. people that already know you and know what you mm-hmm. do, Try your commercial on them and ask them to tell you what it is that they think you do and who they think you could help based on what they heard. And and when you, if you get to the right place in your commercial where it rolls off the tip of your tongue right. and people can feed it back to you and they they get it right away who you help and what you help them do, then you know you've got the right commercial. Right. <laughs> okay, who's next? Okay, for all you change lovers out there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I said that. For years. Here we go. Hi, I'm Gerald. I help leaders solve the people problems of change. A PhD in organizational behavior, and I've just written a book uh, describing a new way to dissolve resistance to change in the workplace. All right, workshops for managers uh, and, and show them how to provide workshops in man- for managers and show them how to how to uh, lead change in their organizations, particularly when those changes are controversial or unpopular. 70% of all planned change projects fail because of resistance to change. I teach leaders how to transform that resistance into commitment and support. I also do executive coaching for leaders who are facing change or, or who have employees who are struggling with the change. Great. Wow, that was good. Thank you. So here's, here's what I think is effective about yours. I think that you establish credibility right off the bat. You, it's very clear right off the bat who you help and what you help them do. And then you have a lot of other supporting information that deepens it further. So I think you have a lot of flexibility with your commercial where yeah. if you're standing up, let's say you're standing up at a networking meeting and introducing yourself, you can go through the whole thing. If you're at a cocktail party running around meeting lots of people quickly, you might just want to do the first one or two lines. Right. Yeah. In which case you've got it really, I mean, right off the bat people know that you're all about helping people, helping leaders deal with the people side of change. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's very effective. What's other feedback from other folks? This is, this is Jeremy. I'd also like to hear uh, your voice a little bit louder, Jerry, and um, I'd like to hear the word I. You're going to get tired of saying that after a while. Uh, I, I, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm relentless. That's part of my commercial. <laughs> uh, I'd like to hear you. You leave out the word I sometimes, and I don't think that that's natural. I mean, maybe you're going to say the word I a lot, but so what? I mean, is, you are talking about yourself. Yeah. I think that um, the, the trouble with 30-second commercials is that it's very easy to, to try and put more meat around them and to try to make them more complex because, you know, let's face it, everybody in this group is highly intelligent, highly educated. You kind of want to communicate that right off the bat, and... Contrary to the way we've been taught to express ourselves, simpler is better here. <laughs> so I think that while it's easy to make it more complex to try to communicate more complex ideas and really the more of the extent of the services we can provide, I think 
we really want to go for making sure a six-year-old could understand this. And I, I think what you'll have to do when you, when you deliver this to people is you'll have to really very carefully read how they're hearing you. Right. So that you know when to stop when they're starting to lose you. So, and it's hard to do that over the phone. You can do that when you can make eye contact. You know, if you're at a cocktail right. party or a networking event or, or a conference right. or whatever, you can see when you're getting past the point of where they're interested in listening. So I think, um, I think Jerry is just going to take a consciousness on your part about how much of it to, to put out there at one time and to look very carefully at your listeners and see how they're taking it in. Right. Great. Good. Okay, who's next? Thank you. Okay. I'm Bob. I'm a corporate coach and licensed psychologist. I emotionally engage senior talent in the financial services and banking industry. We develop a high-impact, intense, supportive relationship, which enables us to move forward and achieve breakthrough results in leadership and interpersonal skills. Great. It's, it's great, and there's an awful lot of words, so we've got to simplify it even further. Um, and I think that what spoke loudest and clearest to me is your final, your final thoughts there. Breakthrough results. What comes leadership after breakthrough results? Leadership and what? Leadership and interpersonal skills. And interpersonal skills. Okay. So I got who you're playing with. You're playing with senior talent in financial services and banking. And I got what you're helping them do. Breakthrough results, leadership, and interpersonal skills. All that other stuff was just words that I got lost in. So emotionally engaged senior talent. Just, I think right off the bat with emotionally engaged is where I got lost. Emotionally engaged? Yeah. And I think I got lost because, not that I didn't understand the words, but that I started wondering how you do that and what that looks like and how is that different from other kinds of executive development. And it just sort of took me off on this whole other thought tangent. So I think, I think we need to simplify the, just the phrase emotionally engaged into something like I help or I work oh, with or I teach. The opposite of what I want to do. I, I'm, I, what I'm trying to, how is this for a, a business name, drill down coaching uh, or, or in your face coaching? I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get the idea across here that this isn't the same old BS. Right. The same old namby-pamby stuff. Well, how do you feel? That, that, that I'm going to really that I come in with with uh, with dynamite and band aids, uh, and and uh, <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, I, I, That's better, dynamite and band aids. <laughs> but I'm also professional. I'm not a nut, and I'm not just going to scream in your face that that I'm that we are going to get someplace. Okay, so now I get what you're talking about with high impact, intense, professional, supportive relationship because right. all high those words were like, okay, work. what's he talking about? Right. Okay. All right, now I get it. So I think we got to say it more like you just said it to us. Right. Dynamite and band I come in. I come in. I work with senior talents in financial services and banking. I come in with dynamite and band-aids, and we really just together create breakthrough <laughs> results, improve their leadership skills, and interpersonal skills. That's good. Huh? Yeah, that's better. Because yeah. that sounds more like you. That's right. what you want to do. You're getting in there. Just the image of dynamite and band-aids accomplishes what, what you're trying to get across. And I think you're kind of hiding it with emotionally engaged, yeah, high blah, blah, impact. Blah, blah, blah. Too much graduate school. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds, sounds touchy feely. It sounds right. It sounds kind of like the touchy feely namby pamby that you didn't want it to sound like. With, so all those high impact, intense, professional, supportive relationships, emotionally <laughs> engaging. Like, yeah, okay, fine. Wake me up when he's done. 
Band-Aids. But dynamite and Band-Aids, I want to play with that. And breakthrough results, I like what you said. Yeah. So it has more energy. The Band-Aid shows the support. I mean, you know, I don't mind, you know, you blow them up with dynamite, but you're there with the Band-Aid, too. To How about dynamite and life support? Yeah, and life support, that's great. Do you, do you work with financial people already? I have. Yeah, well, because I work in a financial institution, and, and it's nuts and bolts, straightforward, direct. I think it would. that's what would hit them, is not to... It's just be yeah, very no, direct. I, I, this yeah. is where I developed the idea of working yeah. with, with the senior vice president who, right. who really likes it right between the eyes. Exactly, yeah. Uh, they come yeah. off a trading desk, and uh, that's the way they're used to it. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have to soften it. Right. Okay, Jeremy, you're up. Okay, my name is Jeremy. I provide leadership development coaching. I'm a dilemma expert on the business problems which wake Mr. and Mrs. Business Leader up at 3 a.m. I'm known for being a trusted advisor and intuitive idea person. I love what I do. I'm relentless in my um, search to help business leaders and uh, businesses grow to the next level. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I like the imagery of waking people up in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. um, what's the word when you said dilemma in the beginning? Dilemma expert. Dilemma expert. And trusted advisor. Dilemma expert, yeah, like trusted advisor had a lot of resonance. Mm -hmm. um, dilemma expert. Not is, sure, I like the expert part. Well, that was that was kind of a derailment point for me. Did, right. did anyone else get derailed there? Yeah. Dilemma expert, yeah. What does it mean? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the question. Is well, I do want them to ask that. What's that mean? What okay, what would you say? Well, then you might put it at the end, Jeremy, right. because. Okay. I, I think where you've got it, it kind of derails people from really hearing everything else. Okay. And I think I, I think I got derailed at Dilemma Expert, and then I you got me back with Trusted Advisor. So you okay. did get me back. Okay. Um, but you, but until you're sure that, yeah, I want people to ask me about this, put it somewhere where they've got an opportunity to ask. Or stop after you say that and let them ask you and then continue on so that they can hear the rest. I think dilemma's got to go. Dilemma? Context. Yeah, I think it's the dilemma that, that derails. Because I'm a dilemma anything, you know, it's kind of like, you're a dilemma? What? <laughs> it's, a, it's a way of passively saying it. What about an expert in in? What's the word dilemma for you, Jeremy? What does it mean for you? Um, that I get in between people and their problems. Well, I like that. Well, say that. That's better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I get between. I like that. I get between people and their problems, or leaders and their problems. Okay. You might want to I like stay that. with leaders. I get between leaders and their problems, okay. and I, I'm a trusted advisor. I help them with the stuff that keeps them up at night. That okay. sounds great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like that, Susie. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> this is Jerry. I got, I, I got lost on the Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Business leader. Yeah, I wondered about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, you can just say business leaders. You don't have to give them genders. Uh huh. Okay. Because I think the hard part with genders is that we now are so conscious of equality and genders and representing both genders that, you know, it, it, you just get lost in all the he's and she's. Right. Okay, thank you for your input. Yeah. So Good. do you want to do one? No, I feel like I've done mine You've so many times for you guys. Um, but what I want to do is move on and talk about the sales process. We're rapidly running out of time here. Yes, rapidly. Okay, so um, I wanted to... I feel like we've spent so much time on the 30-second commercial, but I think it was useful um, in that, you'll, you know, now you guys are ready to fly with these, I think, for the most part. Um, but the sales process, just to shift gears here quickly, there is an actual process that you want to be conscious of going through 
when you are engaged in a sales encounter. So you're trying to get business. And this is, again, when I say sales process, I'm talking about distinct from the activities involved with networking and marketing. And the sales process begins with the whole entire universe of potential users of your services, which is why targeting becomes important, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But if you look at the whole potential universe of users of your service, some of those are going to engage in a first meeting with you. So whatever networking and marketing you've been able to do that has accumulated in getting a meeting, you're going to get a meeting, a first meeting, with X number of the potential users of your services. That number of first meetings that you can get is a much smaller number than the whole universe of people who could potentially use your services. From there, after you have a first meeting with these people, some smaller number of that group of targets will move with you to the next step in the sales process, which is most likely a second meeting. And then from there, some smaller number of those will move forward with you to the next step in the process, which may be a proposal, which may be a contract, which may be starting work, which may be a third meeting, which may be um, bringing you back to meet other people in the organization. It all depends. There's some flexibility in this process that you have to, depending on who you're talking to. And then from there, some even smaller percentage of those people will move forward with you to the next step, which is actually becoming your client, which is when you can start billing them, which is when you're actually doing the work. And in some cases, there may be a step in between there where you start doing the work before you've had permission to start billing them because you want to hook them into your services. And, you know, some people believe in really giving away pro bono work up front. We can talk about that another time because that's a whole other discussion. But the point is that it's really, the sales process is really a numbers game. And the numbers are that in order to get one first meeting, now this is general research, so you're going to have to see where this fits in with your experience. But the general research shows that in order to get one first meeting, you will have had to make 10 phone calls. And in order to get 10 first meetings, you will have had to make 100 phone calls, right? So from your first meeting to someone actually becoming a client takes anywhere from three months to two years, depending on your sales cycle. So part of what there is to identify is what is your sales cycle? How long does it take you from when you meet someone to when they become a client? Or how long does it take you from the point of the first meeting until they become a client? That's how you determine what your typical sales cycle is. Does anyone have a sense right off the bat of what theirs is? If you think about how long it takes you to get clients from the, the first time you meet them? Well, um, I haven't done this as, as a corporate coach, but when I started a practice, well, five years into my practice as a clinical psychologist, I sent out uh, a CV to about 200 EAPs, and it resulted in about 10 meetings, which resulted in about... Um, four or five good referral sources that created an enormously successful practice. So that's good. exactly the kind of numbers that Susie's talking yep, about. that's and exactly right. It seems so absurd at the time, mm. uh, but uh, <laughs> that's just the way it went. And that's, that's the way sales goes. Mm. Sales is all about the numbers. It really is a numbers game. So, the, so it's important to have a number of things in the pipeline at, the t at a time 
because you're going to be in different stages of the process with different targets of your target audience and different, at different moments in time. So you want to always be working on business development or sales activities, including always working on your networking and marketing activities, because you're going to be in different places at different times. Now, where this gets tricky is when you're booked up with a lot of contracts. So you're getting paid to focus on your billable work, but if you don't spend time on the sales work, then you can predict that a good three to six months down the road, you won't have work. <laughs> because if you're not focusing on the sales and business development activities, it goes away. And then you have to start again, and it builds up a momentum. What I'd like everybody to do for homework is start thinking about the entire universe of users of your services and strategically think about who are the most likely targets for you in that group. And where you look for generating your target list is you can look at current clients, you can look at referral sources, you can look at previous clients, look at your network, databases that you might have. You can do books of lists, newspapers, trader business publications. You can search the net, look through associations, any, anything that you can think of to generate your target list. And then we'll, uh, we'll start next time with target lists. And the target list is, you know, who really knowing what you do and who you do it for, who do you want to be working with? Who are you who do you want to target?